Welcome to Everything Scary. My name is Lynn, and I'm here with my co-host, local celebrity. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, international celebrity. Thank you. Matt McLean. Hello. <laughs> Every Tuesday, we release a new episode, mostly true crime, but we've also been known to cover a pandemic, a haunting, a super mad, super strong chimpanzee. We'll cover anything and everything scary. Please rate us five stars and join us on Instagram at Everything Scary Pod. Here we go. Hello. Hello, hello. How you doing? I'm good. Are I, you? Not, no, it's not going to go You'll be well. all right. I, I'm very emotional about this case. I know. I was messaging my friend Michelle while I was going through this case. And I was like, listen to her voice. And she was like, do you maybe need to talk to someone? <laughs> if I cry during this case, mm-hmm. likely when I cry during this case, just let's power through it. Okay. Let's don't pretend like we'll just breeze over it like it's not happening. Okay. I no will... making fun of me. What? Okay. Here's the thing. I will not overtly make fun of you. However, you've I already do, planned to. I do have some, I don't know, like wires crossed or something that I just kind of laugh when people cry. I will try not to, but sometimes I laugh when You're people laughing cry. thinking about people crying right now. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> but I will. Okay. Maybe you need to talk to someone. Maybe we get a BOGO deal. <laughs> okay. So, do you want to hear a creepy story? Yes. So, this is the case of Christina Grimmie. And uh, I used to watch The Voice. Did you ever watch The Voice? Never. Like, I, I mean, for the for the novelty when it first came out. To I see loved how The Voice. The battles worked and stuff, but no. I loved The Voice because I loved Blake Shelton. Really? And I still do. Okay. And do you want to hear something creepy about me that has to do with you? I absolutely. I mean, I know a lot of other creepy facts about you that have to do with me, but one more would be great. <laughs> Just cherry. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, like years and years ago, you and your morning co-host had put like you were like, guys, text us with like what song you like to listen to when you got your windows down and blah blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Boys Around Here" by Blake Shelton. Oh yeah. And you wrote back, and you were like. You just managed to do what my parents have been trying to do for my entire life, and I actually like the country song. Uh, I, you know what? I remember that. You're lying. Because I remember that I Don't feel... Don't smoke right now. I'm I, like, that was my brush with celebrity here. Uh, <laughs> that I feel would have been in the spring, because I think that summer I got into that. That's the one where it's like... Uh, Chew tobacco, chew tobacco. Yes, uh, I still listen to that song. And you want to know what the funny thing is? Because I have this stupid memory that, like, I I feel like things that happened years ago just happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. I remember that Tara's song that she was going to be her summer anthem was "Beautiful People" by Ed Sheeran. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, that is a good one. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but that's what I, and I that I was working in Midland, so it was like easily four years ago at this point. Wow. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. I'm a creepy weirdo. No, I don't think that's creepy. <laughs> It's. I, I just have that text exchange framed in my house. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, come on in. What's this room? Don't go in there. <laughs> There's a full-size cutout. You're like, we never made those. <laughs> yeah. Did we sell these? <laughs> okay, so I guess I can't talk about myself being a weirdo anymore, and I have to kind of hop to this case. Mm-hmm. So, sadly, I'm not here to talk to you about country music. I'm here to talk to you about true crime. Okay. And I said I would be lying if I didn't say this made me shed a few tears, like a lot of tears, not a few. I'm going to give you my sources, which um, was a very in-depth YouTube video by Emma Kenny. 
I watched a series called Death by Fame, uh, the Christina Grimmy Foundation, ABC.com, tons of YouTube videos, Wikipedia, and of course, NBC's The Voice. Right. Today, I'm going to cover the tragic case of Christina Grimmy, and I'm going to start in 2014. It was season six of NBC's The Voice, and 19-year-old Christina Grimmy was on stage while all the coaches' uh, chairs were turned away from her. And she began singing Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball. Uh, Shakira and Usher turned their chairs immediately. Oh, that's the video you sent me. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. They're, there's, They looked at it. It almost looked like Shakira's button didn't work. Yeah. Because she went right away, looked at Usher, and then hit it again. Yeah. And they both... Yeah. And then Adam wasn't far behind. Uh, Blake waits until nearly the end when she hits one of the most difficult notes I've ever heard and then follows it up with a flawless run. Mm. Like, I literally have goosebumps talking about it right now. (laughs) Literally, you're shaking. I'm, like, really stressed out about this case. (laughs) Um, And that's when she has all four coaches turn their chairs. Uh, And Adam Levine says to her, people come out here and they sing and you never know what to expect. But then you turn around and you start to see how engaging and passionate you are. And you're more comfortable than I am up there almost. And that is the moment when you realize that this person could be a huge star. And I really believe that. Wow. But you know what I like? I do like Adam Levine. Recently, some things have come out mm-hmm. not super great. But I love the way he's like, you're more comfortable than me up there almost. Yeah, yeah, like, the, yeah. <laughs> almost. I mean, me a little bit, but not too, too much. I'm a little bit better, but yeah. you're pretty good. Um, at this time, The Voice was getting 11 to 13 million views. Uh, ultimately, Christina chooses to be on Team Adam, and she finishes third out of everyone, which is actually a surprise to a lot of people who believe that the win was Christina's for the taking. Mm-hmm. But she was all the same, happy. Um, and Christina's version of I Won't Give Up on Us on The Voice is simply one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. I tried to force you into listening to that when I got here today. You laughed. <laughs> no, I was just doing something and I thought it was Han in the back. I liked it. It was very good. She is very good, yeah. So <laughs> I left. I did. You're technically right, but I was just getting some stuff ready. Uh, Christina Victoria Grimmy was born to Albert, who went by Bud, and Tina Grimmy. Uh, Christina was the youngest, and she had an older brother named Marcus, but he went by Mark. Christina and Mark were absolutely best friends. They had moved a lot around in their early lives, and they had only one another to rely on. And Mark would say that it had. Uh, been ingrained in him that he was to be his little sister's protector if she needed it. Uh, They grew up mostly in Marlton, New Jersey. By the age of six, Christina's family could already see that she was a little spitfire. And even at that young age, her vocal talents were hard to miss. Christina would tell anyone who would listen that she was going to be a singer one day. Her dad, Bud, said that Christina used to create her own CD covers. She would take out the insert, of the actual CD, and then she would decorate her own and slide it in to be the new cover. <laughs> in the little jewel cases, yeah. the old <laughs> She always liked to perform, but it was mostly just for herself. Her family recalled how she would use her parents' little handheld camcorder, and she would take videos of herself doing silly skits and dances and often singing. It was funny, too, in the documentary that I watched, like, her dad and her brother were both like, she would be mortified if she knew that we were showing this right now. And they'd both be showing things. I'm like, guys! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Christina was such a natural talent. When it came to music, although she was capable of reading music, she also had the ability to play the piano by ear. That's genius. It's insane yeah. to watch her. Um, one day, Christina's friend Lauren came to her with a YouTube video and she said, look at this girl on YouTube. She has 30,000 viewers and you sing way better than she does. 
So Christina posted a video of herself singing Don't Want to Be Torn, which is a Hannah Montana cover. Um, and that was back in 2010. Christina seems to be a big Miley Cyrus fan because she did the, the Wrecking, Wrecking Ball, Ball. Um, <laughs> for the Voice Edition. She did this Hannah Montana song. Um, and another one of her videos, she covers, she does Party in the USA. <laughs> um, and when she did Party in the USA, her email blew up. Her dad, Bud, remembers her coming down to him and saying that there was something wrong with her email. She would receive 50 new emails and would delete them and another 50 would pop up. Mm -hmm. But there was nothing wrong with her email. It was simply an overload of emails with people who just thought she was absolutely incredible. Christina's first EP was released in 2011 and it was called Find Me and it came in number two behind Adele. <laughs> That's pretty good company. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, do you know the difference between LPN and EP? Uh, no, I don't think so. It's length. So an LP is stands for long play and it's 35 to 60 minutes. Um, an EP is half the length and it's usually about 15 to 22 minutes, but it can be as high as 30. Extended play? Yes. You're so smart. So it's like uh, VHSs. Yeah. Like when I would record stuff off the TV. You'd have to <laughs> I have so many videos of Hanson. SLP. <laughs> super long play, by the way. If you want a really shitty quality, but you want to stretch it. <laughs> six hours of wrestling on a two-hour tape, you can oh, do it. Oh, good grief. Um, by 2012, Christina had over 2 million followers. And by 2013, her videos had accumulated more than 350 million views. Her channel was called Zelda X Love 64. And that was an ode to the video game Zelda. She was a huge gamer, and her and her brother even had 1P and 2P tattooed on their arms because Mark was player one and Christina was player two. That's adorable for brother and sister. Yeah. I like that. During her high school years, the family moved to Los Angeles to give Christina's singing career the best possible chance of taking off. But as much as her parents wanted to help facilitate her dream, they were also wary. Her mom, Tina, in particular, did not want, quote unquote, the scary man to be watching her daughter. And that's a very valid concern. Who's the, the Oh, just, just in general. Yes, yes. A generalized some, scary man. Yeah. Did I tell you about my seven-year-old, how she started a YouTube channel? Uh, No. So. You mean she started it? She started it on her own. So my son came up to me, my five-year-old, and he goes, Mom, isn't it cool that Olivia has a... Uh, a real because they watch YouTube kids, right? Yeah. She goes, Isn't it cool that Olivia has her own channel on grown up YouTube? And I was like, And I've seen like on my phone and stuff because their iPad will go through to my phone. Mm -hmm. So I've seen them take videos of themselves being like, Hey guys, it's me, Jake. And like, here's my Mario. Yeah, and, like, yeah. The, the funniest was he goes like this He goes, Hey guys, has anybody seen Toy Story 4? Like and subscribe if you have. Oh my God. <laughs> don't forget to smash that subscribe button. But so I'm like, no, Jake, don't be silly. And then Olivia's like, yeah, no, I do. I have a YouTube channel. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So she pulls up YouTube on yeah. the uh, on the iPad and then she types in whatever her username was and six videos pop up on Jeez. YouTube of Olivia just talking and doing whatever. I'm like, <gasps> So I gave the iPad to my husband and I was like, I have no idea how to get rid of this. <laughs> he spent an hour trying to, first he had to take down all the videos individually. Right. And then he had to close down the channel. But Whoa. at seven, she figured this out. And I was like, you know, I have the same fear that Christina's parents did. Like, there's crazy people out there. I don't want anybody looking at my kid that I don't know. Yeah. And what if your son didn't dime on her? Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? She probably would have had like a whole catalog, right? Now. Yeah, right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's true. But um, 
Yeah. So I, I actually talked to her about this case, which I don't know if that was the greatest parenting in the entire world. I played her one of her her songs and then we talked about it and I said, do you understand why daddy and I don't want you to have a YouTube channel? I don't want you to put your face out there. Anything that has my kid's face on it, like I won't post any of my kid's stuff to like our everything scary pages. Mm-hmm. And like when I had my daughter, I went through my like whole Facebook group. And if I wasn't 1000% sure that you're not a creepy weirdo. Mm-hmm. I deleted you. Like, if you were a guy that I went to high school with, bye. See you yeah. later. Like, I don't want anybody on, and it's locked down so that nobody can see them. If, mm-hmm. It's just, there's a lot of weirdos out there. But Christina had a very beautiful outlook on life. Her posts were sometimes just filled with positivity, and other times she would be moved to tears by the amazing things that people would say to her. She never, ever stopped thanking her fans, no matter how many of them there were. She had a humility to her that was so refreshing to see. But even still, for someone as beautiful and positive and happy as Christina, there's always going to be someone there willing to try and knock you down. For no other reason than to just simply be an asshole. Yeah, make themselves feel better about themselves. Misery likes company. Yeah, absolutely. These trolls typically will choose to pick on someone who seems to be happy and confident. They want to knock these people down a notch because if the troll can't be happy and confident, then no one else should be able to be. And instead of working on themselves the easier thing to do would be to knock down the person that's happy with Mm -hmm. their life. Uh, Marcus remembers a time when he walked into Christina's bedroom and she was crying because somebody said that she had a big nose. Jesus. In the documentary I watched called Death by Fame, they interview a young girl whose name was Cassie Willis. Cassie was very sick and she was in the hospital. They never touched on why, but just that she was hours away from home and family. She said that she found Christina's YouTube channel, and it was watching Christina's videos that made her realize that the world wasn't all bad. Wow. Mm -hmm. In one of her many videos thanking her fans for their ongoing support, she says that she does not consider them fans. They're her friends. And then she calls them fans, friends. And she's like... Friends? Yeah, it was like fan and friends combined. And she just, she was tickled pink by coming up with that on the spot. (laughs) She was like... Friends? Yeah. Um, Christina was really starting to take off and Ellen DeGeneres called her the queen of YouTube. (laughs) And she even sang background for Selena Gomez uh, at the iHeart Jingle Ball. And the two struck up a friendship. And Christina would ultimately be the opening act for Selena's We Own the Night tour. Uh, And Selena's stepfather, Brian Teefee, would become Christina's manager. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Big time. In a cute little selfie video that Christina takes uh, on her own, like, She's talking to the camera and just in the middle of it, she goes, oh, there's Selena now. And Selena's coming down some steps and she's smiling and she says she's going to a meeting. And as she walks away, she goes, come watch a movie with me later. Like, it's just like a sweet, simple, like just a moment between friends. Mm -hmm. During the We Own the Night tour, Mark, her brother, would become sort of like a tour manager. He said he would go and he would check out the venues before Christina arrived. He would make sure he knew where they were entering, where the exits were. He liked to know the whole layout of the venues, and he would even scope out the food options within the vicinity. Nice. I need somebody that'll just do that for me. (laughs) (laughs) Christina's bass player was Jonathan LaMarche, and he said that after every single show, Christina would take so much time and meet and talk to everyone that wanted to talk to her. She would offer hugs, and I can't stress how much she valued her fans and did not take any of them for granted. After the tour, Christina got a phone call from Columbia Records. They wanted her to perform a showcase for them. Bud said that when they entered the room, it was like, um, there's a stage, you know. Mm -hmm. They entered the room and there was a single keyboard on the stage. He said that Christina gave it her all and that she killed it up there. 
Uh, Near the end, the president of Columbia Records stood up and told her that that was enough. He said they had seen enough. Christina was amazing and they wanted to sign her. (laughs) This was a literal dream come true for her. Unfortunately, later that night around 7 p.m., the phone rang and Christina was advised that they had changed their minds about signing her. Oh, is this um, where's the voice in this? Is, so is this, this, is this we're, we're to 2013 right now. Okay. So the voice is 2014. Okay. So we're, so this is right before the voice. Okay, this is her ascent. Yes. Um, so she didn't let her keep her down. She kept making music and releasing her YouTube videos. And on August 6th of 2013, she received her second album. And that was called With Love. And this album had a playtime of 38 minutes and five seconds. So it was quite a bit longer than her first album. In 2014, Christina auditioned for The Voice with a four-chair turnaround. We all know how that turned out. She finished third on Team Adam. Usher would say to Adam that during one of her performances, he said, that is the best singer on your team. (laughs) And he would also call Christina baby Celine Dion, which was a fantastic compliment to her. Uh, One thing I did not mention at the top of the episode was that when Adam asked Christina who her inspiration was, Christina said that it was her mom, Tina. Oh. Tina had battled breast cancer for basically Christina's entire life. She had gone into remission three times only to have it come back. And it meant so much to Christina that she was able to have her mom there cheering her on while she competed on The Voice. You're going to cry. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So after The Voice, she went right back to touring to promote her With Love album. Um, I checked out this girl's touring schedule and it was intense really yeah she was constantly on the road i guess you have to though right yeah starting out you just want to be in front of so many as many people as possible yeah but fast forward to 2016 early on in the year christina would meet up with a few talented writers and for four days they would write lyrics and discuss ideas and one of the writers was 18 year old steven reza a singer songwriter who had been writing for about eight years at this point since he was 10? It's <laughs> essentially what you said. This guy's writing songs since he's been sorry since he was 10. I mean. Wow. Taylor Hansen was 14 when Imbuff came. All right, take it easy. Sorry. What are you writing at 10? Like uh, Campbell Soup, Make You Poop, Down Your Leg, Get In Your Boot? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Anything more substance than that? Have you never heard that banger no, before? Banger. It was probably written by a 10-year-old. Big tune. Big tune. Big tune. <laughs> um, so after four days of the creative writing... They both discussed that they had feelings for one another and they were inseparable. And Christina was the one to say, I love you first. And of course, he said it back because there wasn't much about Christina not to love. And he would call her infectious and captivating. Ooh, First time I've ever had to say that word, apparently. I could tell. (laughs) It it definitely showed. (laughs) Like Bambi learning how to walk. (laughs) Uh, Steven said that he did not have any doubt that she was on an upward trajectory. No doubt. Trajectory. Trajectory. There you go. That's what he said, isn't it? Uh, maybe. Isn't that what he said? I don't know. It's anybody's guess. Uh, in 2016, Christina was on tour with the band Before You Exit. So she was singing. Mm-hmm. They were the band in the back. So she, her actual band was back at home still. She was about to wrap up the tour, but had one more show in Orlando. Steven said before she left for the show, he was so happy that he just got to hold her and have some one-on-one time with her. And But she reassured him this was the end of her tour. She would be back home and they would be back together and work on her new album. Mm. Mark recalled this tour not being their best. He said they didn't regret doing it, but they were just tired and they just didn't have the same type of magical feeling that some of the Mm -hmm. other tours had. 
He had called home earlier that day and spoke to his mother and asked his mom to tell their dad that they needed to be picked up tomorrow at LAX. Uh, The final show, like I said, was in Orlando at the Plaza Live concert venue. This was a standing-only event. Uh, At this particular venue, the capacity was 1,250. So pretty small, like pretty intimate. Mm -hmm. Um, They had a good set. A lot of the audience had paper hearts with the word radiate on it for radiate love. When Christina got off the stage, she called Stephen. She gave him a quick rundown of the night's events uh, before going to her meet and greet area. Now, it should be noted that there was an option to buy an ultimate experience type concert ticket where the ticket holder would be guaranteed a meet and greet with Christina. Mm -hmm. But in true Christina form, if time would allow it, she would go into the lobby where the merchandise was being sold and she would meet and greet the people who maybe would have liked to meet her, but then didn't have the extra money. Wow. So she only had a brother, Mark, as security because in her heart, she felt like everyone was good. And these were her fans and her friends as she considered them. Mark would help form a line and Christina would take pictures and sign merchandise. Sometimes Mark would take the picture if he was asked to. (laughs) It got to the point in the line where there were about 15 people left in the line when a man in his late 20s approached her. He had blonde hair and was wearing a black shirt. The man seemed a little awkward and Christina, presumably she assumed he was nervous, and being a self-proclaimed introvert herself, Christina opened her arms in a suggestive way to offer him a hug. Uh, Mark said in one swift move, the man reached into his belt and produced a revolver. And then in there, there was a few loud pops and Christina fell to the ground. The other guests in line became frantic and everyone erupted trying to get to safety. But Mark sprang into action and he leapt over the table and tackled the man with zero concern for his own safety. That'd, that'd be big, bro. Yeah. He said that it was all going by so fast that his brain, like he couldn't even comprehend what was happening, Right. Uh, he said, like, as soon as this happened, he thought, like, is this a joke? No, this is not a joke. That's a real gun. I have to get the gun away from him. Like, it was just like, bam, bam, bam. Right away. Mark was able to wrestle the weapon away. And when he did that, the man began backing up and suddenly he was holding another revolver. Mark thought to himself in that moment that this was the end for him. But the man put the gun to his own head and pulled the trigger. Oh, Jesus. And then all of the 911 calls started pouring in. Uh, people crying and terrified. One caller said, Christina got shot. Christina Grimmy. Another caller would give a description of the man. Another one would say, I'm so scared. Marcus said, after the man had taken his own life, he went over to look at his baby sister. And he said in that moment, he could see that nothing could be done for her. Um, but he said it didn't look like she was suffering. And he took comfort in that. <sighs> However, one of the fathers of the band that she was touring with was a doctor. Uh, He ran to Christina's side and was able to find a slight pulse. He started performing life-saving measures until the ambulance had arrived. She was taken to Orlando Regional Medical Center in critical condition, and she was pronounced dead just before 11 p.m. And the shooting happened at 1045. Wow. And this was all in the venue? Yeah, in in the lobby right in front of the merch desk. Wow. So at the concert, so everybody's... You've been to a concert. Everybody's out there. Yeah. The concourse is, is packed. Yeah. Wow. Um, Mark said it felt like in that moment, as they were taking Christina away, his father was suddenly just calling him. Not because he knew of anything that was going on, but just coincidentally. Um, Bud said when Mark answered the phone, he was out of breath. And he just said, Dad, Christina has been shot and she's no longer with us. And poor Bud, who was just probably calling to see to what say, her show hey, but, was hey, like. How did the last one go? I'll pick you up tomorrow. Is that what's still the plan? And Bud responded, 
What? She's going to be okay, though, right? Because yeah. he peace once again. But when Bud told Tina what Mark had just told him, she began screaming and fell to the ground. Christina's bass player, Jonathan, was with the Grimmy parents when they got the news, and he said he watched two people learn that they were never going to see their kid again. And that was one of the worst moments of his life. Wow. And sadly, Bud had to deliver the news to Christina's boyfriend, Stephen, who was sleeping when the call came in. He was expecting it to be Christina, who had likely just finished up her meet and greet and was going to say goodnight. But when he answered, it was Bud on the other line, and he simply said, Christina went home to the Lord. <sighs> to this day, Stephen looks like he's been through it. Yeah. Like, the documentary, this is a new show. There's only four episodes of it right now. Mm-hmm. So it's very recent. And he looks like he just found out about this yesterday. Wow, still. He's... I, I hate that I have to say this, but I think that he is ruined for anyone else. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really sad. Um, I want to read you something that he posted on his Instagram on the fifth anniversary of her murder. And then I'll get back to who it was who took her life. I kind of got lost in his Instagram posts because like even like fun posts that he posts, like the, he had like a work party or something. And it was her song playing in the background that of his mm. posts. Like it's just... Oh, She's always on the front of his mind. Yeah. yeah. So he wrote um, on the fifth year anniversary in 2021, half a decade since life came crashing down. It feels like time has stood still for all of this time. Grief tends to make you feel like time is frozen in place or you're running in circles trying to get back to who, where you were before everything. I miss you, Christina. I miss racing around Hollywood with you. I miss being in the studio at Henson until the sun came up, writing music and dreaming about our future together. I miss going to our favorite diners in the middle of the night and watching you pick at chicken fingers and chicken noodle soup (laughs) and sharing a shake with you. I miss going on fun adventures. I miss staring into your cute little face while you were being silly. I miss holding you. I miss you. Thank you for existing, Christina. Your voice, your light, your love has forever changed my life as well as so many others. I'm going to try to make today a day of celebration instead of just sadness and grief. I will admit I have been awake for less than an hour and I already want to head back to bed. I love you. Team Grimmy. Stay strong today. Stop it. Don't look at me. That's <laughs> <laughs> heavy. <laughs> You're willing up. I'm going to make fun of you in a second. That's a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. What yeah. a beautiful, beautiful tribute. And Team Grimmy is um, there who her fans are. They call them Uh, Team Grimmy. Yeah, okay. Christina had been shot three times, two in the chest and one in her head, and that was the fatal shot. Um, This man was so close that the gunpowder burnt her hair. When police arrived, they were able to identify the shooter by his license that he had on him. He also had a pamphlet for a burial service that will cremate your remains. So judging by that pamphlet, this was always intended to be a murder-suicide. He had also arrived with two 9 millimeter revolvers and a knife strapped to his ankle. Um, this, without a doubt, premeditated. Yeah, the plan. Mm-hmm. So this man was Kevin James Loyball. He was 27 and he lived with his parents in St. Petersburg, Florida, which is a little more than a two-hour drive away from Orlando where Christina was playing. Officers paid a visit to Kevin's parents to see if they could try and piece together what had led up to this. His parents were also shocked. Not only had they never heard Kevin mention Christina, they didn't even know he was in Orlando. Wow. When the officers went into Kevin's room, he had foil taped up on his windows and it was covered by a dark, heavy curtain. Aside from the foil window coverings, the bedroom was unremarkable at best. Nothing to show who Brian was as a person, no posters, just a blank room. Just a place to sleep. Yep. 
And foiled windows. <laughs> the government in. Uh, Kevin's dad said that he lived somewhat of a hermit lifestyle. Kevin was either locked away in his room or he was at his place of employment um, at Best Buy. He was part of the Geek Squad. But it should be noted, I didn't write this in my script, but he was actually like a customer service representative at first. Okay. But he was so awkward with people and made them so uncomfortable that they wanted to move him into like more of a techie position so that he didn't have to interact Put with people as much. back office. Exactly. Oh. So they weren't getting anything from his room. They figured that everything that they would need would be on his phone or on his computer, which mm-hmm. we have our lives on there. Yeah. Um, but Kevin had destroyed his computer tower and he had wiped his phone back to factory reset. So these two things that would have been absolutely vital um, were now just dead ends. Again, it says here, Kevin worked at Best Buy. It's a geek squad. He never had a girlfriend, nor did he have any close friends that his parents could remember. Kevin's co-workers all remembered hearing about the unhealthy obsession that Kevin had with Christina. He would brag about her being his soulmate and how they played video games together, which is something that he said a lot, but it's unclear if that was even true. More than likely, it was not. He probably just... Made it up, yeah. yeah. But Kevin's obsessive behavior alarmed one of his co-workers so much that the co-worker went to management and told them um, what he was saying about Christina. And I can't imagine the Best Buy manager knew what to do with that information. Yeah, right, yeah. (laughs) Can I write him up? I don't know. Where do I do with that? Right. Um, Well, how do you know, right? Because some people are just, you know, overzealous fans. No, I could be arrested for the Hanson stuff I talk about all the time. You should be arrested for the Hanson (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, as it turns out, Kevin did have one friend, a man by the name of Corey Dennington. And even Corey said that he believed uh, he was Kevin's only friend in the world. Corey would be crucial in filling in some of the blanks. Corey said that Kevin had become obsessed with Christina Grimmie. He had followed her online and he watched every single video or anything that she had even mm-hmm. been a part of multiple times. In recent months before the shooting, Kevin had gotten hair implants, he had his teeth whitened, he went on a vegan diet and lost 50 pounds, and he even had LASIK eye surgery. Wow. Presumably, it looked as though he was trying to look his absolute best when meeting his quote-unquote soulmate. What a long plan. (sighs) One time when Corey tried to discuss this obsession and how there was a good chance that Christina would not come running into his arms the second she laid eyes on him, Kevin got very angry, and he told Corey if he ever said anything like that again, he would call off their decade-long friendship. Jeez. Which sounds perfectly normal to me, because <laughs> that's actually what I say to my friends when they tell me that me and Taylor Hanson aren't going to be together. <laughs> like, I'm aware that he's married, and he has six kids, uh, but I, as, six. Soon as, as soon as I get those hair plugs, I think everything's going to fall right into place. You get the- <laughs> his spidey senses are, huh? oh man six kids you'll probably have to crank out a few more with them then I've got three he's yeah. got six we got it that's more than we, that's, that's more than we need for a baseball that's a starting team starting lineup yeah but what if he wants more you're gonna have to crank out more oh god okay I mean I need it. to I need to revisit this plan I think <laughs> <laughs> um, but back to Kevin Kevin himself was an atheist but upon finding out that Christina was a Christian, he became very interested in Christianity because he is a creepy weirdo. <laughs> That's what creepy weirdos do. They become chameleons. Yeah, exactly. Kevin's mom had passed away from an aspirin overdose. Can you? I guess you can overdose on aspirin. Which I didn't think was a thing. <laughs> but 
Kevin felt responsible because he had actually encouraged his mom to overdose during a fight. Um, I tried to find out if this was actually a thing, and uh-huh. it took me to the suicide hotline. So I decided not to poke around anymore. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Pull any resources from where they needed to be. <laughs> I'm like, how many aspirin does it take to overdose? So like, do you need to talk? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he had encouraged her to overdose during a fight. But by all accounts, um, it sounded like Kevin's mom was not the best as far as moms go. She would throw dishes at him. She once beat him with a pan. She had broken one of Kevin's brother's arms. Oh, wow. Kevin did have a couple of violent episodes, but no action was taken. Uh, On one of these occasions, he got into a yelling match with his dad's girlfriend. And like mother, like son, he ended up slamming a door on her arm, resulting in a broken wrist. The reason for the foil on the windows uh, was because according to Kevin, he had a light sensitivity and a sound sensitivity. So he would put the foil on the windows and would usually have earplugs in. Hmm. Kevin was a huge gamer, and he loved the game World of Warcraft. Have you ever played that game? Uh, no, I have heard of it. I think it's like a fantasy role-playing I game. Yeah, it's, um, I know Mario and Sonic. Yeah, I know like the GoldenEye, like James Bond and all that. Yeah. Call of Duty, I played once or twice, but yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm Yahtzee and Solitaire are my games. Like real Yahtzee with like actual dice? No, on my phone. Oh, okay. Digital dice, yeah. Real dice? No. <laughs> Was this Rodavonlee? <laughs> okay it was actually because of the gaming that kevin would come to the conclusion that him and christina were soulmates he even told some of his co-workers like i said that they would play video games together and that was how they created their bond Mm -hmm. and we know she did play video games right her her brother have the tattoos Mm -hmm. but they also she also talked about it quite often in her youtube videos so it was very easy for him to know that right okay um what would turn kevin from wanting to make her his wife killing himself and her that stemmed from him finding out that Christina and Stephen were dating um, it was very much a, if I can't have you then nobody can kind of situation the day after Kevin killed Christina his parents put a note on their front door that read deepest sorrow to the family friends and fans of the very talented loving Christina Grimmy no other comments that's a tough spot I mean you just God because I mean I you know what I don't want to say anything because I put my foot in my mouth a lot more than I should, but they didn't know, like, he never talked to them about his obsession. Like, apparently everybody with an earshot was hearing how obsessed this guy was with mm-hmm. her. Like, he's putting foil on his windows. Like, he, they didn't even know he went to Orlando. Like, yeah, maybe talk to your kid a little bit more. Yeah. I know. I mean, he's 27, but he's still your kid. But still, you yeah. would think that that would be a major point in his life. Although... I'm here to say you went to Florida and your parents didn't know about it either. That is true. I did. That is true. They had no idea. That was by design. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I I said, I think it's pretty safe to bet that they were being swarmed with media looking to speak with them after the shooting. And people probably blaming them. Yeah. And maybe to a certain degree, rightfully so, but definitely not to a full extent, I don't think. If if Kevin did have these like auditory and like... um, you know, light sensitivities. I'm starting to think like he could, maybe he was on the spectrum of some sort. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and to become that phoned in on one person and one, right. I don't know. You know, I'm not a doctor, but I just mean, those are things that kind of fit the bill. Yeah. And you would think if you've got sensitivity to sound and light concerts, probably not the greatest place for you. But then no, again, especially with the high notes that this girl could hit. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe his love of her or obsession with her trumped any other, 
issue that he had. That's a very good point, actually. I never thought about that because counselors are very, very, and standing room only <sighs> put me out of my misery. Um, so 26 hours after the murder of Christina Grimmie, the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando happened. Right. That's okay. Because I, yeah. Yeah. So the headlines obviously were. Because you and I were talking about it and you were like, how have I never heard of this? Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, it was like Christina Grimmie, biggest news for 26 hours. Yeah. Which is such a shady headline. I know. I know. It's that, like click the one that I sent you. Yeah. That, yeah. I was like, yikes. Yeah. It's, you know, and the, the news cycle is, it's so cyclical now and just keeps moving and moving. So the the Orlando shooting at the Pulse nightclub resulted in 49 people losing their lives and 50 more being injured. This too was an absolute tragedy and it was a terrible blow to the LGBTQ community. Um, it was a big, devastating event, uh, but Christina's killing kind of got pushed to the back burner, obviously. Um, therefore, not a lot of people really knew about it. Um, Justin Bieber paid tribute to the victims of the Pulse shooting during his concert in Winnipeg. He openly cried and laid down on his back on the stage, and the big screen behind him had all the victims' names scrolling through it. And at the very end of the list, it said Christina Grimmie, and the crowd erupted. Aww. Selena Gomez openly wept at her concert. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah, well, they were buds. It was so painful to watch Selena, though, like— she's like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't. And then she's like, why did this happen? Like she was so mm. upset and she's so just, I don't know. It, it really was hard to see. She did a, a beautiful version of the song Transfiguration by Hillsong Worship. Do you know that song? Mm -mm. I didn't either. I, I listened to it. I, I didn't recognize it. Hillsong, I think is a church. Yes. It sounded very churchy. Yeah. Um, Selena's stepdad and Christina's manager, Brian Teefee, released a statement that said that he considered Christina a second daughter and said, all I wanted to do was assist her in achieving her dream while protecting her from the pitfalls associated with the business. I never could have imagined that this horrific event being one of the pitfalls that it needed to be avoided. Ha, ha, you know, and everybody I'm sure is blaming themselves. Oh, but maybe we should. How do you, how? And ha, Mark, how? her brother, who was like, her security, who's had no formal training. Yeah. He blames himself. Of course. It's he, only... and, and that's what he said. My parents have instilled it since she was a baby. You're her protector. Mm -hmm. And no, frig, and he was there. Yeah, poor guy. Um, Brian Teefee also set up a GoFundMe to pay for the funeral costs. But in an extreme act of kindness, her old coach from The Voice, uh, Adam Levine. I used to be a huge Adam Levine fan, but after his DMs were recently revealed. <laughs> I've seen him in a bit of a different light, but what he did here was very cool. Uh, he paid for all of the funeral costs, and he also paid to have her body flown back to her parents so she could be laid to rest. That's sweet. That's classy move from a yeah. guy that sometimes is classy. Yeah. <laughs> just not. He just likes really, really beautiful women. Mm -hmm. uh, three days after Christina's passing, a candlelight vigil was held for her uh, in... Epshin, New Jersey, over 500 people gathered, and her big brother Mark spoke. He said, Christina was awesome. She loved this town. She loved the state. She loved singing. She loved the Lord, and she loved me. She was my baby sister. Aww. Sadly, on September 2nd, 2018, Tina Grimmie lost her battle with cancer. I hate saying that she lost her battle. 
because she battled it for 23 years. Like, she didn't lose. Cancer cheats. Like, <laughs> fuck cancer, honestly. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, um, you don't lose. You don't lose. You don't lose. <laughs> Cancer's a cheater, you fuck. <laughs> um, but she would now be reunited with her youngest child. She was 59 when she passed. Uh, in her obituary, it says that Tina went to be with the Lord and her daughter, Christina. Uh, during The Voice, when Christina talked about her mom's cancer, she said, I love my mom and I'm happy that I got to do this with her. Like I said before, Adam Levine paid for the funeral costs and the cost of flyer body home, but they still had this GoFundMe that Brian Teefy had set up for them. And it helped them so much due to like miss work and then there were medical expenses involved in the tragedy. It had raised over $100,000. So to give back, the Grimmy family decided to start the Christina Grimmy Foundation. This is a nonprofit that raises money to help families who have lost someone due to gun violence. To this day, the foundation has helped over 100 families and has given out $350,000 in grants. <laughs> wow. I, I am, and I always say this a lot, but I am shocked and always amazed when people can, in the face of a tragedy, like losing one of your family members to Do gun something violence. so selfless, eh? Yes, and to keep that, memory alive like they say misery loves company but it's like some of these people are like no i don't want anybody to feel what i'm feeling right now mm -hmm. yeah so i wrote here if i made it through this without crying it'll be nothing shy of a miracle but i'm really going to push my limits here and try to leave this episode with the words again from christina's boyfriend steven oh not at the okay, okay well then from let's the, get uh, into this this is social media post mm -hmm. yeah oh beautiful touching words oh yeah this one's worse this one's worse. So, <laughs> November 21st of 2021, Stephen wrote, Last night I visited you for the first time since the gala in early 2020. I have been an absolute mess ever since. So much time has passed since I've held you. A couple thousand days have passed since I've sat in a studio and laughed endlessly with you. Falling desperately in love with you, I don't know what to do here without you. I'm sorry I sat at the computer so much making music. I'm sorry we didn't take more photos and make more memories. I just wish you were still here exploring this crazy world with me. I'm just sitting here in a seat in the sky crying about you, wishing I could talk to you one more time. Love of my life, I miss you. That's a hard. <clears throat> He's a phenomenal <laughs> writer. No surprise, right? Really puts you in it, yeah, eh? Yeah, Jesus. That's beautiful. And so that is the absolutely devastating case of the murder of Christina Grimmie. And um, what a heartbreaking story. If anybody is interested in donating to the Christina Grimmie Foundation, it's exactly that. It's Christina Grimmie Foundation. Uh, it's G R I M M I E dot com. And that's that for that. Wow. You made it. Thank you so much. I think you might have welled up a little bit. More I know. <laughs> I know. Well, well. Can you tell me the joke you were going to say to me? Because I'm going to just shoot it right back at you. No, I, I didn't. <laughs> I did say that I had a joke lined up. But You're not going to give it to I me, I was all eh? talk. <laughs> Bye. Tears away. It's, it's okay. Here, do you want my medieval times now? <laughs> <laughs> Wipe my tears with dinner and tournament. It's, like, it's just, it's got a little bit of greasy chicken fingers on it. It's nothing big. <laughs> oh, that's it. It's fine. Okay. All um, right. And that's that for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>